Today I want to talk about three antidotes to fear. Three antidotes to fear. In your life you are going to have many different kinds of battles. Battles are something that you need to get used to. They're going to have moral battles. You're going to have mental battles. You're going to have physical battles. You're going to have spiritual battles. Sometimes the enemy is seen. Many times the enemy is unseen. You have to make a decision that as followers of Christ, we were born for the storm. That we're not afraid. We're not looking out and expecting our government to protect us from everything. We expect them to lead and to, and to do so with freedom and etc. And we're, we pray and we're excited about them. But you and I, all of us, need to understand that life, you're never going to have a life that is just devoid of some battle you're fighting. And so we need to understand this. Your success in life, in every venture, and in every area is going to be so primarily dependent upon your personal ability to deal with fear. If you do not deal with fear, it will kill you. It will destroy your mind. Fear is a phenomenon that even psychology can't seem to understand. They recognize that fear is at the very root every negative emotion. And that it, it causes you and I, when, when fear gets in our minds, see, when God designed the human being, He did not design them to live in a spirit of fear. And when fear is there, a lot of crazy things happen. First of all, your mind and your emotions will not function properly. You will believe lies. Your imagination, which is designed for you to use with your faith, will begin to ramp up and to believe and see things that are not going to happen. Most of what people are afraid of is never going to happen. If I look back at all the things I was afraid of as a single, as a married, as a father, as a grandfather, as a pastor, if I looked at all the things that I have feared over these decades, I would have to tell you that 99% of them never happened, never came close. But if I didn't deal with them, that they had a way of messing my mind up. Fear will take your mind and it'll make it come up with negative emotions. Fear will take your body and it'll make it sick. It'll cause the very systems that God put in your physical body for health and for healing from digestive systems to you just if you're a doctor here, you know all the systems, the nervous systems, the alimentary canal. I mean, every area begins to break down as the very cells themselves don't function properly. You can fill your body with things that were designed to run from a lion when it comes to stress, but when it stays there, it'll kill the very organs. It'll give opportunities for sickness and disease. If you want a life that is exciting and filled with peace and healing and prosperity, you must be aware of the enemy of fear and how the, he will try to use this fear to shut you down. Your relationships will not function 
when fear is not dealt with. Because your fears of the breakdown of your relationships will cause you to look at every possible scenario that could destroy your marriage, your family, and you will dream and begin to to be just focused on, you know, where are they? What are they doing? My kids could die. My family, my marriage is destroyed. Where is she? Where is he? And all you can focus on is the possibility of failure and heartache and hurt. In John 14, 27, Jesus knew this. And he said that when I go, I'm leaving my peace with you. It's my own peace, he said. I bequeath it to you. He literally says here, the world can't have this peace. He says, stop allowing yourself to be agitated, disturbed. Don't permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. Fear. Did you know that he's saying here, you have a responsibility to shut down fear. He did not tell you, I will come and make it all disappear. He's saying, don't allow, stop this. And so therefore, you can do that. Did you know that a spirit of fear in a person can become a culture of fear in a family? Uh, A spirit of fear and a culture of fear in a family can begin to affect a city. When a culture of fear begins to affect groups of people, you can have a country with a culture of fear. If you study history and you look at countries, you will find that when we begin to bring uh, reports, whether it's news, whether even before television, if it was standing up on a pulpit and speaking to people, that a spirit of fear, it spreads quicker than any virus could ever spread. A spirit of fear is something that is destructive. This phenomenon is, will cause us to make unwise decisions. Your behaviors change. There's a great story in the Bible that brings this principle out. And it's about 12 spies who go in to the land that God has prepared for them and given them. He has told them he would take them through. They have seen the miracles of parting of the Red Sea, God's protection in feeding two million people walking through a desert to the promised land. But as the 12 spies come out, 10 begin to vocally say, we can't do it, everybody, we're going to die. These giants are so big, we look like grasshoppers. Two people said, yes, they're big. Yes, this is a race of giants, but we can do this. And I want you to be careful when you listen to the media, the media and the news groups out there do not care about your mental health or your physical health. All they care about, all they care about is selling newspapers and getting eyeballs to watch, which means they must sensationalize every fear because fear draws eyeballs more than any good news could. And so when you listen, like these 10 spies who stood up before 2 million people, and the fear, they both 
had the same observations. They both had the same, um, I wouldn't call them concerns, but the accurate analysis of the size of the giants, the wealth of the land, and so they're looking at the new season for them. But this spirit of fear, it spread through two million people in one day. It was so paralyzing that they began to rise up against their leaders and they wanted to kill them. They wanted to go back into Egypt and be slaves where at least they could have bean soup. I want you to know that we cannot have a spirit of fear in our hearts. We cannot have a spirit of fear in our families. We cannot have a spirit of fear in our government. We can't have a spirit of fear anywhere in leadership because fear pushes at us, but courage rises up and it literally transfers a spirit of faith. It transfers a confidence that we have won over every obstacle. If they can come over from the other countries of the world centuries ago to find a country of freedom, to come to Canada, America, and say, hey, we want to find a place of freedom. And they lost their lives and they buried them and their graves are gone mostly today because of this passion to find a place. And then we're concerned about something that has such a minuscule death rate while others this doesn't make sense, folks. So let's make sure. Our handling of every issue. This is just one issue. It's not the biggest issue Canada has faced or the world has faced. Nowhere near. Doesn't come anywhere near the issues of World War I, World War II, Spanish flus, or other things that have been out there. And so do not... Let a spirit of fear touch you. Stop watching 14 episodes of CNN or CBC or some group that is just wanting to get every bit of fear they can into your world. The Bible says that fear has torment, that fear snares you. The Bible teaches us that fear will get you angry. It's amazing to me as we endeavor with wisdom to walk our lives out. How much fearful people get angry and mad and blog and on Facebooks. And it's, and listen, they're probably wonderful people, but they're so fearful. They're positive the world's coming to an end. And crazy Christians don't help when they've got some crazy end time belief that causes them to get out of peace. The Bible doesn't say that we should run to the mountains with dried food and rifles to shoot game to keep us alive. It's the end of the world. Poppycock. Listen to me. We are nowhere near what our job is to fulfill. We must occupy till he comes. Meaning, be great citizens. Rise up as leaders. Influence. Raise your children, your generations. People are asking me from around the world, is this the end of the world? What's going on? We've never... No, it's not. So I don't believe you. Good. Let's see who's right. I don't care. And if it is, I'm going to heaven with Jesus. But I'm not even concerned about it. I'm just going on, you know, working on my marriage, laughing and loving life with Sally, raising my kids, enjoying my grandkids, say, planning for the future. People say to me, well, they say that everything has changed forever. Well, who are they? 
Uh, just because a guy gets in front of a TV camera doesn't make him an expert. And so I've got news for you. Where there is no vision, people perish. So I've got a vision, and I've got the vision that Jesus gave us in John 10.10, when he said, I am come that you might have life and more abundantly, so superior in quality, innumerable in quantity. We must recognize that as we deal with our lives, that the way so many people will try to control is fear. Measure, be aware, are you tormented? Are you at peace? Are you laughing? Are you rejoicing? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, Do not allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed. In Job 3.25, it says, For the thing which I greatly fear, it says, comes upon me, and that which I am afraid befalls me. Proverbs teaches us to use wisdom. Proverbs teaches us to make wise decisions. It says to measure the evil that is coming. It says to measure the storms that are there. It says to prepare for every battle so you don't walk into it not knowing the cost. So we don't blindly make decisions. We just, as we make decisions, determine what this storm is, what the battle is. We need the whole truth. You can't make good decisions with part of the truth. Therefore, it's important that every citizen in Canada know the whole truth, not a piece of the truth, not what some leader wants us to know and not the rest of the truth, because you need the whole truth to make wise decisions in your lives. I want to give you now the three antidotes of fear. These are very crucial. They're very important. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, the very first thing he talks about here is we are not to have a spirit of fear. It's not been given to you. For a spirit of fear to come into your life, it must come from an outside source. It is not in your spirit as a born-again believer. Therefore, if it is not in your spirit, it can't come out of you. If you struggle with fear, if you were raised in fear, then you have learned fear. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you have a spirit of power. I'm not talking about willpower. I'm not talking about human power. And when you don't feel and sense this power, fear has a much easier ability to control your decisions, your actions, your behaviors. So many people, if they don't sense power, there's a weakness in your stomach. There's a, your knees feel weak. I mean, your head begins to bother you. Things begin to happen in your body. And so you need, when that happens, how, Leon, they say, how do I get a spirit of power? Well, first of all, you need to believe it's in you. Because the Bible says, according to your faith, so be it done unto you. So to believe that this spirit of power, which is Holy Spirit, is within you. Ephesians 6 and verse 10 carries this on. And it says, be strong in the Lord. In the Amplified, it says, be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. 
Somebody who doesn't know their Bible will go, well, I, God, I need you. No, no, he's within you if you've given your life to Christ. And when you learn to spend time with God, you need to listen to the Word of God. So many of you need to hear this message every day this week. And if you struggle with fear, listen to it every day for a month. Get the Word on the inside of you. Ephesians 2.8 says that this Power is unmerited free grace. Grace is God's ability that comes to you freely. It comes to you freely. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough to have it. So the most, number one, the first antidote is the enemy of our faith will try to get you to struggle with your willpower. He's going to try to get you to fight fear. You don't need to fight fear. Fear has been defeated at the cross. When we were crucified with Christ, the Bible says in Philippians 2.2, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it is Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of Jesus. This faith that Jesus had has been given to every born-again believer to believe in this power. Therefore, you need to find time. Get rid of your iPad, your computer for a while. Uh, get rid of watching TV. Stop feeding on negative stuff. And the Bible says that Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and spend time in relationship with God. You are empowered through a relationship with him. That's our first antidote. You're going to need all three. And that's why the brilliance that God gave us when he put these three antidotes in the same place. Number two, it talks about a spirit of love. We have not been given a spirit of fear. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, there is a love that the world does not know. It is God's love. It is a love that loves others. It is a love that is outward focused. This world does not know that love. This love that the world has is, is basically, I'll love you if you love me. It is a conditional love. Yet God's love is unconditional. Now, here's the most amazing thing about love. Love is always outward focused. Always outward focused. It's always believing the best about others. Wanting to be a blessing to others. Wanting, and, and love means to value people. And so the Bible teaches us that perfect love casts out all fear. I was reading this one day and this vision, this, 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 this picture, this analogy came to me. Women, uh, I, I knew this lady who was just petrified of snakes. And so that thought kind of came to my mind. But here's what I thought. If a mom walks into her nursery who was petrified of snakes, I mean snakes, phobia, and she walks in there but sees a viper crawling into the crib of her baby. Did you know that her love for her child, she values that child more than her own life? See, love is to value. That is one dead snake. That mom didn't care she got bit 17 times. She will grab that thing and rip it out of that crib. And if she can't kill it with her hands, she'll chew its head off with her teeth. Why? Because love is the most powerful driving force, not when you focus it out on others. And that is no, in, in 1 John 4, 17. It says, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Did you know that when you love, there's a boldness? 
that mama walks into that, uh, into that room where the baby is, and it's not timidity. She just sees a viper. She sees her baby. And not just this boldness comes over her that is stunning. I want you to know if you struggle with fear, begin to look outside of yourself and begin to value the people. Begin to value, recognize, let this love of God that come in you. It says in verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Wherever you got fear, you need to practice love. Love isn't a feeling. Love isn't an emotion. You know, I, she says, I kissed the man and my foot popped. Oh, I'm in love with him. You know, whatever emotions and feelings and infatuations go with love, I love all that too. But that's not what we're talking about here. It's saying that there is no fear in love. When you learn to let this spirit of love stay inside of you and, 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 and flow through you and keep your focus there, you won't have to experience the fear that has tormented you. Get your eyes off of yourself. The quickest trip to depression, the quickest trip to emotional problems, personality problems, to living in fear and darkness is to get out of love. You need a spirit of fear. You need to be aware of this spirit of fear. Believe in that. I mean, I'm sorry. You need to be aware of the spirit of power that is within you. So the spirit of fear can be pushed out. There's a spirit of love that is within you. And that it'll push out the spirit. And the last one is a crucial one as well. It says you also need a sound mind. And it's not just a mind of self-control. It's not just a mind that of behavior modification. It's the spirit of a sound mind. Here's a better way of saying it. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, it tells us that we don't know God's thoughts. We don't know what God thinks. So it says there, but we can have the mind of Christ and we can have his thoughts and desires, his feelings. It says here very clearly that that, that what, however Jesus felt, thought, etc. can be all ours. Within you is this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords. Let His laughter, His love, His joy, His peace rise up on the inside of you. When you realize you are already equipped. I tell a story so many times about a baby lion that its mama got killed. And this farmer in Africa found it, brought it home, didn't know how to feed it. It was so small, but it, 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 its poodle had pups, and it allowed this little baby lion to latch on. But the problem was that this baby lion grew up thinking it was a poodle. Now, as it comes to awareness and to wake up, and, and, and one day realize, I don't know if I'm a poodle, it doesn't have to pray for, for, for claws. It doesn't have to pray for teeth or for muscles or big bones. It already has all that. It just needs to be aware of it. And what the Word is telling us, if you are born again, you are made in the likeness and the image of God, Jesus is within you, then you already have these things within you as you become aware of who you are and what you are and what you can do it begins to rise up in a powerful way on the inside so spend time with God and let and begin to absorb his power 
recognize that when you get self-focused, that you are going to be in trouble. Something that I haven't had a time to get to is the Bible says we love God because He first loved us. One of the things I like to do is to prepare for my day, is to sit and just thank God that He is so in love with me. If I can love my grandkids, my wife, my children to the degree that I do, and God is a million times greater in His love than He loves me. Religion tries to tell you that you're not worthy, and I get what they're trying to say, but they've taken it so far that we have forgotten that He loved us first. He is in love with you. He believes in you. He wants you to accept His love, believe His love, to know His love. I want to give you a few verses to encourage you as we close this down. You know, as you look at the Bible, there's some interesting things here. In Proverbs 1.33, it says, Whoever hearkens to me, wisdom shall dwell securely, and, be, and in confident trust shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. Deuteronomy 2.25, Today I'll begin to make all the people in the world afraid of you. Did you know that God's people, that everyone around them was always afraid of God's people because of the favor and the blessing and the fact they couldn't fail when they knew who their God was. And so any enemies and those around would always be, what is with these people? How come everything they put their hands to prospers? How come they continue to rise up to be the head and not the tail? In Deuteronomy 3, it says, you shall not fear them, for the Lord your God shall fight for you. I don't know what battle you're fighting. I don't know what's going on right now. But God is with you for every battle, and he fights for you. Deuteronomy 11.25, there shall be no man able to stand before you. The Lord your God shall lay the fear and the dread of you upon all the land. And it says that you shall tread, and he has said this to you. Whatever season is ahead of you, whatever you're doing in, in life, in relationships, recognize that God is with you. In John, Joshua 10.10, 10, it says, And the Lord caused the enemies to panic before Israel. There is something about a person who puts their trust in Jesus. He'll bring you wisdom. He'll bring you understanding. But you don't need to be afraid. God is not worried. Oh, by the way, and God is not surprised. He's not shaking his head, tugging on his beard and going, Oh, I didn't see this coming. And so stop your fear. Stop worrying about it. In Hebrews 14, 9, it says, Do not rebel against the Lord. That means to begin to forget about Him, look to the world around us, and get fearful. It says, Don't fear anything or the people of the land, for they are bread for us. In Numbers 14, 9, it says, Their defense and the shadow of protection is removed from over them, but the Lord is with us. So fear them not. I don't care if it's viruses. I don't care if it's people. I don't care if it's issues. I don't care what's going on. That we need to understand that what is coming against us, it can't, it can't maintain. It can't keep going. Because God is with us. And He will always see His people through. Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge. He is our strength and a very present help in trouble. If someone says, hey, I need help, and you say, well, 
so-and-so's here. He's present. It means right here. God is a very present help in time of trouble. He is our refuge. He will see us through. I want to challenge you today that whatever you do, stay close to the Word of God. Continue to listen to the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Because you draw your power. Power is drawn out of relationship with Him. Your relationship with His Word and in prayer. Make sure that you are loving, practice loving. In the most fearful times of my life, I refuse to sit on my couch with my teeth chattering or in the office worrying about what might be happening. I get on the phone and I just call someone to encourage them. I want to get out and do something good for others. I want to value someone else and bring peace or encouragement. And as soon as I get outward focus, that fear just leaves. You can just feel this thing just draining out of you. You know when your bathtub begins to drain? I, I, we got a tub that gurgles and gurgles all the water goes out. That's kind of the feeling I get when I begin to go towards loving others. All of a sudden this fear just starts draining and your knees strengthen and your gut begins to strengthen and the knot goes out and all of a sudden this power rises up on the inside of you and you know you're going to make it. You know you're going to go through. You know you're going to be okay. You can do it. I don't care if your daddy didn't tell you that or your mommy didn't tell you that. I don't care who's not, he hasn't told you anything. I don't care how you were raised. You're going to do this. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. God's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you strength. He's going to be there with you. He's going to see you through. If our ancestors can go through things a hundred, a thousand times worse than anything we're going through today, then I think we need just to stand up because everybody feels fear. Everybody does. The difference, all right, the difference between a champion and a coward isn't that the champion has no fear. They both Sense the fear. They both have fear pushing at them. But the champion rises up and acts out of what he values. His country, his family, his way of life, the God that he serves. He rises up against the lies, the enemy, the storm. And that's you. God has invested it in you. You go ahead and smile. Go back to laughing. Wherever you go home to today, go play some board games. Go buy a joke book online. Tell a few jokes. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. Come on, let's get back to believing that our way of life is not going to be taken. We have a vision for the life that God has for us. Father, I pray today for every person that is listening to this message. I pray that we would believe your word that says the light grows brighter and brighter. That Jesus came to give us life. And it doesn't say except in 2020. That you came to have life and more abundantly, which means superior in quality, innumerable in quantity. I pray every person that hears this 
would be saturated with your power, your peace. And I command the spirit of fear to be broken in the lives of people. And that, Father, as we face things that with wisdom will make decisions, but never in a spirit of fear. For those who are watching today who would say to me, Leon, I don't have that Jesus you're talking about on the inside of me. Let me lead you in a prayer that only you can pray for yourself. And when this Jesus comes inside of you, you have his culture, his strength, his feelings, his emotions, his desires. It's incredible. He died for you. Just say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. He died in my place. He qualified me to be in your family with all the rights and privileges. So Jesus, come into my heart from today and on. I'm following you. Help me with your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. That's how amazing that is. That's how powerful that is.